What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Xbox Two podcast, where you can pay ten dollars in microtransactions to skip <laughs> the beginning and get to the good stuff. You want to avoid the grind, right? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I'm uh, one of your hosts, Randall Four Nineteen, man with the million million gamer score. I get that quite a bit. My videos have been uh, getting a lot of traction lately, and people are like million what million gamer score. I have that, so I. You know, someone said, hey, man with the million, and I used it. So I'm one of your hosts, and with me as always, my buddy from Windows Central, dropping knowledge every week, Jez Corden. What's going on, buddy? Man, you just made me realize I don't even have 100,000 games going on. You have I think you told me at one point you didn't even have a completed game on Xbox. Yeah, I've, my closest is Mass Effect 1. I only need the achievement for Insane Difficulty. And I was doing that, but then I got stuck on that, oh, I can't remember the name, Metro Benezia, and I just thought, nah, nah. But, but <laughs> with, with, with close to 100,000 gamer score, and you know, you've been on Xbox for quite some time, right? Um, how do you not have a single completion, or as they say in trophy, or PlayStation land, a single platinum trophy? How did you, how were you able to go through that? Don't bother. I never ever look at the achievements list. Uh, I always look at the achievement list. It's just like a, a habit I got into. Like achievement list pops up, look at it, plan my attack. That's how I was able to get so much gamer score and such. You know, well now gamer score doesn't mean jack shit because they're basically selling games that are ten minutes long, and get a thousand gamer score. But when it was a lot harder, when games were more expensive, uh, when you know I got, the I got, games, I got bad news for you, man. Gamer what? score. Never. <gasps> don't do that to me. Don't don't say that. <laughs> I, no. got, I got achievement points in WoW. Actually, I've got twelve thousand achievement points in WoW. So no, you're you're right. Gamer score never really meant anything other than like, hey, this person plays a lot of video games, right? Just a bit of fun, right? But at the same time, it was a lot harder back on the 360 than it was right now because right now all games give you 1,000 gamer score and there are games that you can play for 10 minutes and get all of them. You know, it'd be cool. Some kind of career mode where it, you know, catalog mm. accomplishments beyond achievements. That'd be cool. If only Microsoft was planning and, and, and had something in development like that, you know? But they're smart people at Microsoft. I'm sure they thought of that, and it probably just didn't fit whatever new goals they were uh, setting their eyes on. You know, the the race to 2 billion gamers, right? Isn't that the whole it. kind of thing now? Uh, Gopher says, what did Gopher just say? How about the Black Ops achievement list? I have not seen the Black Ops achievement list. I'm assuming it's probably all zombie achievements, which probably means not a lot for the Blackout and the other thing. But uh, we have a great show lined up, as we always do. We're going to be talking about Xbox versus Google. Um, yes. Jez wrote an article today in Windows Central. I did a video about it. We're going to go a little bit more in-depth because I'm still not really convinced Google's that much of a threat. And here's Phil calling right now to tell me I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> the grand, they got a ton of money. <laughs> they're they're a huge threat, um, but we're going to talk about that. Not only a threat to Xbox, but a threat to all companies. Um, also, there's this interesting thing with Crackdown. I don't really like talking about Crackdown that much because I just want the game to come out at this point. But Phil talked about Crackdown 
And some of the responses to what he said were truly head scratching. Mm, and it's a wet one, yeah, it's weird, like to see a narrative. Like we'll we'll talk about it more, but it was it, it made me pause and seriously consider for a moment the age old question: media bias. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. We need a sound effect for the thing. Yeah, like that. Me- media bias, right? Um. We're also going to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey a little bit more in detail. Uh, obviously, we're going to give our thoughts on it. I'm about seven hours in. Jazz is a lot longer. But the main topic of discussion is going to be a good one. And it's going to be about... And Gopher is going to hate this, my buddy Gopher. Because he loves everything Ubisoft does, right? He's like he's basically a cuck for Ubisoft. But Even, even the crew? Oh, he loves the crew. He, does, he hates racing oh, games. Wow but loves the crew mainly because Ubisoft <laughs> made it. But we're going to talk about uh, the fact that apparently the grind is so real in that game that, uh, but that's okay because Ubisoft lets you buy microtransactions to give you more XP. So you don't have to grind. We're going to talk about the, you know, the financial decision behind that and maybe the ethics behind uh, a decision like that. And also, uh, whatever else we want to talk about, uh, chat is open. You got any interesting comments and questions, put them in there. You want to get your uh, topic read right away or whatever, Super Chat is always open. Thank you guys for the support. Thanks for being here. We got 212 watching already. And I'm going to shill a little bit. Why don't you all just hit that like button real fast? Give us a like. Thank you. <laughs> um, but how you doing, Jez? Was good, good, good last week? God, um, we're preparing for Christmas right now, um, and I'm already sick of it. So yeah, that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I I know my my know when I talk to Gopher later, he's gonna be so pissed at me. He's gonna be like, "You called me a cuck in front of everybody." Guys, <laughs> that word is an interesting word. I'm like, that's right, Gopher. You're you're, you're a snowflake. Oni hates that term too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, snowflake cook. That's right. So, um, yeah. So, like, we'll get right into the Assassin's Creed stuff, and then we'll talk about the microtransactions. So, I want to talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about the actual game first before we get into the bigger problem or the bigger issue with the game. Uh, you really couldn't really talk much about it last time, but uh, you know, really quickly. Pretty much say like what do you think about the game? Do you, do you liking it? You enjoying it? Is it not that I love good? It. You I love, love it. it. I uh, I gave it eight out of ten because I thought some of the systems were tacked on. That mercenary system was just a shallow ripoff of Shadow of War stuff. Uh, they could have done so much more with that. Uh, the the whole mercenary system as pertains to naval combat, they could have done way more with that. Narrative, dialogue choices weren't that good either. A lot of them didn't matter. And also, a lot of the... Some of them just create inconsistencies in his personality, which bugged me too, but it's the first time they've tried doing something like that, so I cut him a bit of slack. Um, But overall, addictive combat, massive open world, lots of stuff to do. The side quests aren't lame. Interesting stuff. Story's quite good overall, and it's just massive and beautiful and gorgeous. It's it's hard to like really be like 
oh, this game sucks when it just plainly doesn't. So um, I gave it out of 10, mainly because I felt those systems could be better. But overall, yeah, I really love it. I'm pretty addicted to it. I even like started looking up what Greek ancient greek history documentaries i can watch because it's it's so interesting and i mean greek, like... greek mythology is insanely cool and that was one of the reasons why i was interested in this one over say assassin's creed origins like i have origins i actually uh bought it day one i just i played it for like an hour and i was like eh, and then it came out it came out like the same time as wolfenstein too and i'm all about wolfenstein so i played wolfenstein instead but I don't know, I really wasn't into the setting for Assassin's Creed Origins. I know people are like, what do you mean? Ancient Egypt's really cool. And I'm just like, eh, I've never been that much of a history buff about ancient Egypt. However, my favorite time period in like for you know myth- mythology and things like that is I love the Greek setting. I love all the mythology that comes out of that. So like when they announced, oh, you know, like uh, King Leonidas of 300 and all these yes. different uh, mythology things and like, you know, Medusa and stuff. I'm like, this seems pretty cool. I'm just not sure if I'm going to like the change, but mm-hmm. from what I played of it and I've only, I'm only like five or six hours into it. I'm level seven, which what level are you? What level have you gotten to? 30 something, 30 something. So you put in time because leveling up in this game is slow. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not uh, fast. Around. 50 hours or more, I think. 50 hours. See, you're farther than Gopher. See, Gopher, Gopher loves this game, and he's been playing it quite a bit, but you're farther than him. So it's going to be interesting to see how Gopher... I had a weak head start on him. <laughs> there is that. I well, think. there is he had a review copy. Uh, um, maybe he did. But... Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, I I do enjoy it, and I played it hardcore the whole week um, in around my other jobs and stuff like that. But uh, it's good, man. I can't, I can't fault it too much. I, again, I just wish that the the extra features were a bit more fleshed out. Yeah, and hopefully, because that's that's one of the things I said to someone when I was because I've been streaming the game through a bit um, with Roby on, on the morning mixer. Shout out. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've been sort of like. Uh, it was you know people ask about the game and my my the main way I think of Ubisoft games these days is that they're really great at sort of churning out these really detailed open worlds that look detailed, but they suck at gameplay and narrative detail. Like, I can never really remember Assassin's Creed villains because it feels like they're afraid of making truly controversial, compelling villains that are truly hateable. All their villains are sort of, like, soft. The only villains in Ubisoft history that stand out are the Far Cry ones because, like, the series is centered around that. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like they've got Far Cry, and I was with especially Far Cry Five, which had pretty pretty great villains. I thought like it might be, um, you know, it might mark a turning point. But no, it, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has completely immemorable villains, and I can say I feel like I can say that about every single Assassin's Creed game I've ever played. Like, and I, I think part of the problem is the format of the games because. You go through the game assassinating all the villains before they get enough build-up, I guess. But, but like, they don't really introduce a central antagonist until, like, 15 or more hours in. I think well, even Polygon wrote an article. Well, that's, that's, so that's what I've, I've seen people say, is that the game doesn't get going until 15 hours in. Right? Yeah. I, I Personally, I didn't mind that, because to start with, I thought they were going for, like... 
Because, I mean, without spoiling much of the plot, you basically play as a mercenary. And at the start of the game, it feels like you're trying to build up your mercenary company. So I thought, okay, I see where they're going with this. You're going to build up a mercenary company, and then people are going to come after you, and you're going to be, like, getting up entangled in all these world events and stuff like that. And I really started thinking of it like, man, it almost feels like, I don't know if you've seen the Berserk anime, but that's all about, like mercenary companies as well and rivalries and stuff like that i really thought that might have been where they were going and i was like oh this seems really cool but then no it's sort of about 15 hours in you get access to a ubisoft style web of conspirators oh no don't say that don't say that yeah yeah so i'm sorry for the that's the the same same as far cry same as assassin's creed and probably other games you get access to a web of conspirators that you have to kill in succession um you don't actually have to do that to complete the game i don't think um like there are like there's another web in addition to that web of conspirators there's another web of conspirators that you have to kill in order to really truly complete the game and um they're not a lot of those conspirators are sort of low level conspirators and you uncover the clues as to their whereabouts as you play um doing side quests and other things and there's like this whole menu which tells you there might be a clue in in this con in this uh uh not country in this sort of region in this in like an abandoned silver mine so like you have to explore around and find that stuff and um oh, so you do all that stuff but again it's like there's no even now at the point of the game that i mean there's no real there's no really that I really hate in the game. The the interest the two evil interesting characters that were potentially interesting and evil were killed off really near the start. And it was like, oh, okay. So Spoilers, Jez. I I that now I'm gonna know they're gonna die. Well I'm I'm talking about you probably you've already killed one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like I mean, that's not really a spoiler because I'm ta- I'm talking like the first five hours of the game. Well, yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought you know, there's one moment that I did laugh pretty good. Um, you, oh, some of the dialogue's hilarious. Well, so some of the things I like, the, some of the changes, because I okay, keep in mind I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Unity, right? Which comp- and I loved Assassin's Creed at one point. Like I'm talking, I got all the achievements for Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Three, uh, Revelations, Brotherhood, uh, Unity. Like I was a big assassin's creed fan and then i played unity and it was so god awful so horrible in every way imaginable that it threw me off the series i i didn't play syndicate i've only played an hour of origins but i was just like i'm not really interested right now so i'm like here i am coming back to you know assassin's creed again and i'm like i'm kind of digging the changes like i'm digging like the 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 uh conversation options like the choices yeah, um, they're, they're it, a bit soft, but it's still nice. Right, it's, but I, I like because it reminds me a lot of like um like Mass Effect, where like you pick an option, but like you don't really say what's on screen, so it's more like you're like sitting there and just listening to them. And I really enjoyed that about Mass Effect, where it was like Visual you chose adventure. Paragon or the other one, but like what you said wasn't what was displayed. So like you still had to pay attention to the, what was going on, and I really enjoyed that. So I really like that new change. Um, the combat is obviously I think better than it was previously, but of course I'm still going around assassinating everybody. I do find it weird that 
you can assassinate somebody, but if you're not high enough, your assassin skill's not high enough that you won't kill them. Yeah. Which, which is kind of weird. Um, oh my you, god. The, you do... Well, that's another thing. Like get your gear and equipment is really important, and the way if you want if you want that playstyle, you have to pay really close attention to the stats on your gear in 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 a way that you often don't in Assassin's Creed. Like the gear the gear is there, but it's just to make you feel rewarded. But in in um, in Odyssey, it's act, it actually matters, and it's nice that it matters because like when you get towards the end game, or oh well if you can call it an endgame. When you get further through the game, you end up with like lots of different gear options, and a lot of them have assassin damage on, hunter damage, or whatever. If you do make a spec that is focused on assassination, you will always land those assassinations, and you can make it feel like the classic, classic Assassin's Creed games, but you have to get the gear. You have right. to pay attention to what you're equipping, and you have to you know, upgrade them appropriately to get there. I like that personally. Some people don't, but I thought it made the gameplay a lot more interesting as pertains to loot, as pertains to exploration. You want your exploration to matter, right? Yeah, well, the loot, some of the loot looks really good. Like your character oh, yeah, the really, armor stuff looks yeah, great. Yeah, the armor, the armor stuff really stands out, and the game itself is gorgeous. Uh, I'm playing on the Xbox One X, um, and it is, it's a truly stunning game. Like, I, I was up on, like, a cliff and, like, kind of panning around and looking out at daytime, and I was just like, man, this this game is absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying it. Obviously, you know, I haven't got that far. Um, but I wanted to talk about this microtransaction stuff because, in my opinion, it's a little bit shady. And I know you agree with me on this. So shady. You, I think you ran into this problem, but at some point in the game, you will be forced to grind, right? And the way the game is, is if you're one level below an enemy, maybe two levels below an enemy, they are OP as hell. Good luck trying to kill them, right? You pretty much have to be on level with them to stand a chance. But there becomes a point later on in the game where you have to like level up your character to meet the story requirements or for the recommended level for the story mission, right? So, which spends, which which will have you traveling and doing all the side content the game offers. Which the reviews do say, if you're doing everything as you go, like clearing out everything on an island and doing everything as you play, then you'll probably be fine. But it's essentially padding out. You know, like not everybody wants to do everything, right? Some people just want to be in for a great story, just plow through the main missions and you know see how everything goes. Um, and this was also in Assassin's Creed Origins. People had to uh, do the same thing. But there is a way where you can bypass the grind because in the menus of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, there is this, you can buy helix points and helix points you can spend on getting armor, buying time savers as they call them. That's exactly what they're called in this one. Time savers, right? Uh, what Ubisoft yeah. and what... Capcom said or player choice. Hey, this is for the player that maybe doesn't have a lot of time or, you know, like has more money than sense, right? So for 10 bucks, you can get an upgrade that gives you. Ah, well, it's not exactly 10 bucks because it costs like, it costs 1200 helix points, I believe. No, so and I looked at it. You I looked at it last night. It's a thousand helix points and for 10 bucks, you can buy a thousand fifty. 
So it's it's about it's, oh okay. It's like I got it. I got it the wrong way around. Never right. Mind. So for ten, bu- there is one that's fifteen hundred, which gives you extra gold and extra XP, which would be more expensive. But um, so this upgrade will give you a permanent fifty percent extra XP boost on all your save files, right? So when you complete story missions and it gives you three thousand XP normally. Well, that's going to give you an extra 1500 So now you're getting 4500 So just imagine if you bought this from the very beginning or when you're grinding to get to the point where you know you need to get that level and you bought this $10, well, now the grind doesn't seem that bad because you bought this thing. And they also have the same thing for the money. You want to earn extra 50% drachme. You know, drachme, you want to get the extra gold and stuff. You can buy, you can spend your helix points on on materials to upgrade your boats. Um, on weapons and things like that. So, in my opinion, this is pretty shady. I'm gonna lie. I agree. It's pretty shady, and you know the point I'm at in the game. And I, again, I'm someone who does go around trying to clear out places. So I didn't run into the issues that much with with the level. You know, feeling like I need to go back and grind and all that stuff. That said, I did definitely run into situations where I was like, okay, these these dudes are too hard for me to kill with my current gear. My gear was like really out of date, and I wanted to upgrade it. But I didn't have enough materials. And they sell materials um, for real money. So I either had a choice of going and do a ton of busy work, and as someone who's pressed for time a lot of the time, that is something that I have to think about. Or I could have bought the materials outright on their real money store, which is really annoying. Um, I do feel like it's going to get worse as well towards the end of the game because, for reasons I can't spoil, you do end up having to kill some pretty powerful dudes. And I think for a lot of people, grinding up there is just going to be annoying. And it feels like, well, they've almost designed it this way. I mean, if the if the microtransactions and stuff weren't there, you wouldn't even think that. Because take Final Fantasy VII, for example. You could get like you could get Knights of the Round, which is the best summon in the game. But in order to get that, you have to get a gold chocobo, which is like an insane amount of grinding. Or at least mm-hmm. I thought it was an insane amount of grinding. Um, I would never have bothered doing that. But you However, don't need it to beat the game, though. Exactly. You don't need it to beat the game. But like, if I wanted to get that, it'd be a sound amount of grinding. But it doesn't bother me because there's no way to get it with real life money. I mean, you, yeah, you could buy like an exploder cheat cartridge. Not that I would ever do such a thing. But um, yeah, it was back in the day. It was like if you wanted to time save, you could just put a cheat code in. If, but nowadays, if you want to time save. You have to give them extra money, which just feels so scummy. Right. And this is something we talked about last week with the Capcom offering red red orbs to upgrade your characters for real money, right? We talked about this. And the slippery slope is exactly what is in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and what some people said was in Shadow of War. That the idea that they artificially lengthen the grind... So yeah. that you might consider buying a microtransaction to overcome that. Now, will this be a factor for me? No, because the way I play open world games is I do everything before I move on. Like, I've done everything on these first two islands, right? I'm level seven. 
So, and that's how I play all my open world games. So presumably, if I keep on doing how I play like I always do, then I won't really run into the issue. The issue you'll... Re- You'll run into the same issue that I ran into, where I didn't have enough materials. Ah. Uh, you, you get like you'll get to a point where it's like, oh, I don't have enough leather to upgrade my ship. I need to go and grind goats for half an hour, you know, or I don't have enough. I don't have enough metal to upgrade my weapons, and now I'm too weak to kill this boss. You know, even if you do all that stuff, you're gated by the the material system then uh, to a degree. And like I've I've gotten to a point now where my character can basically aoe a herd of goats with one hit so when i'm like running around my character's also basically causing goat genocide by just spraying arrows all over the place and then stripping them of their flesh in order to upgrade my loincloth you know so it's a bit weird thinking about it like uh, like it's it's kind of funny actually because like there's there's lions in the game right and i know there's no lions in modern greece and I was like, well, they must have hunted them all to extinction. And this is exactly what you do in the game. You go running around hunting all these animals to extinction. You hate goats. Like, <laughs> you're, 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 you hate goats, I can tell in your voice. Anyway, well, I don't know. The game gives me no choice but to hate goats. It doesn't matter. If, you, if, you're a, if you're a goat lover, you have no choice but to murder these goats for their delicious leather in order to upgrade your stuff. So, right. you know, it's a grindy game. And, you know, the, it's a long life, game, too. It's a long game, and grinding ain't always a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, I enjoy games where, you know, I can just zone out and grind, and that's why sometimes I enjoy playing Minecraft, sometimes I enjoy playing Elite Dangerous, sometimes I enjoy playing No Man's Sky, and it's, you know, mindless grinding isn't always a bad thing. I will say- when the issue arrives, it arises is, are they exploiting people by, you know forcing them to grind and i think the reason shadow of war didn't get away with it to the same degree was because shadow of war just wasn't that fun i'm sorry just wasn't that fun well shadow of war also pulled the switcheroo where like less than a year later they're like oh we're removing everything because you know sales were down nobody was buying the game not many people were playing it and they thought they could be like well, we're removing all the stuff people had problems with, and maybe we'll get a second wind in sales and people playing the game, you know? Whereas, like, this has been a part of Assassin's Creed for some time. Like, not this grindy best, but the Time Savers pack. The Time yeah, Savers pack has been yeah. in, like, all the Assassin's Creed, basically. And I don't know. Like, I do find it weird where you build a game and grinding's a part of it, but then you offer people a way to avoid the grind. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know, I'm enjoying the game so far. Like, I think it's really good. You know, I'm like six hours in, but I know in the back of my mind, there's going to be like, Rand, you know, will you be tempted to buy the 10, you know, because it's not expensive. It's 10 bucks, 50% extra XP, you know, and like, will you be tempted to buy this? Um, Which, you know, I'm not currently. It's just that, I don't know, like, we've seen where microtransactions have taken games like NBA 2K. And Madden and FIFA. We've seen the end game, you know, if you allow these type of things to be a part of uh, a game, so they can ruin a game for a lot of people. And I don't want to see it ruin another franchise. Sure, like you could obviously work your way around it in Assassin's Creed and Shadow of War, you know, but will that take, you know, be more prominent in other type of games? That's the issue that I'm more concerned with 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I find it a little bit shady. I find it a little bit unethical as well. Like artificially making something harder to kind of entice people to spend ten dollars, you know, to avoid that stuff. Yeah. It, I don't know. I know. I know people say you don't have to buy any of the stuff. You can just play the missions like normal, and yeah, that's how they get can get around it because like exactly that, exactly that defense. You don't have to buy it. But my point is, what if people, so many people do, and then eventually it's not a choice, you know, eventually it's like almost a requirement, just how it is in like, you know, the Madden ultimate team, the FIFA ultimate team and like NBA 2K and stuff. That's, that's the problem that I see and I don't want to happen, you know, but it's a slippery slope, man. It is a slippery slope, and you know the thing is about Ubisoft, especially. A lot of people work on those games. A hell of a lot of people. They've got a lot of overhead in those games, as in you know costs associated with developing them. You could argue maybe the game doesn't need to be as big as it is. The game doesn't need as much art or assets as it does. Like I'm shocked, right? At how few times I have encountered the same armor set twice recolored. There is so many unique armor sets in this game. Like when you're playing World of Warcraft, for example, leveling up and questing and stuff, you'll see the same armor set over and over again, just color swapped. I've seen very little of that in Assassin's Creed Origin, uh, Odyssey, and Origins, I guess. Like there's a lot of art assets and a lot of overhead here. They've got to recoup those costs, you know. They're not. They're not a charity. They've got to grow their business. They've got to. It is a business after all. And if you've ever finished the Ubisoft game, you sure as hell know it because those credits are 40 minutes long, right? <laughs> and a lot of people worked on these games. But uh, we're going to be switching topics. But first, I want to shout out uh, Eternal Shaddai for the super chat. And this is going to be an interesting uh, kind of a question and answer thing here, Jez. He says, question for you guys. What kind of player are you? Speedrunner, explorer, or online multiplayer? Mm-hmm. Um. For me, I'll go first. I definitely ain't no speedrunner, right? I, I'm not looking towards finishing a game I've been looking forward to as fast as possible. Uh, I have done achievements that require you to beat a game in a certain amount of time. I've done that, right? But I wouldn't class for myself as speedrunner. Now, I guess you could say I'm an explorer and an online multiplayer person. I mean, hell, I have 700 hours in PUBG, I played Halo 2 every day for a single year. I played Halo 3 for 500 hours. You know, I played Overwatch for over 100 hours. Um, I do enjoy playing online multiplayer. Um, and I'll probably play Blackout for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 for a little bit. I played Halo 5 for 200 hours. So, I mean, I do enjoy my multiplayer with my friends. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess I am an online multiplayer person. But I do explore. Like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I explored every inch of these last two islands and did everything. Like in Spider-Man, I would swing around the city and do everything in an area before moving on to the next. I did the same way with God of War. When presented, same thing in Tomb Raider. Like I like to explore the surroundings before I move on. So that's me. What about you? What about you, Jez? Depends on the context, I think. My gaming habits have changed so much over the years. And I suppose it's it's partially due to being strapped for time. I'm like when I'm reviewing a game, I'm, I often feel myself pulled between okay, I've got to I've got to get to the meat of the game. 
the things that people are most interested about. But uh, naturally, at heart, I am an explorer too. Like I did the when I was reviewing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, I did the first couple of islands, or well, the first couple of areas to completion. But then it was like deadline looming, and I was like, oh, okay, I better speed up a bit now. Um, so depending on the context of what I'm doing, is it does change. But I think when I game for fun, um, which is increasingly less these days, <laughs> um, I do like... I do like prefer to explore, um, especially in games like Odyssey, which have so much stuff off the beaten track. And and Rand, a lot of that we got another. That's another thing about Odyssey. There's two. There's two different modes you can play it in. You can play it in guided mode, which basically gives you quest markers telling you where to go. And there's also explorer mode, which tells you stuff like this quest is east of this town then you have to go and sort of find it yourself with your eagle and stuff, which encourages you a bit more to actually explore the game world. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that isn't marked on the map in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, there's off, for like major locations, like a question mark, but as you run around, there's just loads of little details hidden around that yeah. aren't even on the map. And it's, it's really great to see a game take exploration to heart like that. So, I noticed that as well. Yeah. I, I like run too. I, I love online games too. You know, I'm currently addicted to I'm addicted to Overwatch again a bit. I love obviously I play a lot of World of Warcraft, which is an online game. Um you know, human players just add a sense of dynamism that AI just can't get to yet. And I know, I know, I know. You can't wait to dive in and explore the world that Rockstar created in Red Dead Two. I am so so ready for Red Dead Two. Yeah, a lot of people. You know, it's funny. It's like I saw some people saying Assassin's Creed Odyssey too much stuff to do. Gamers not going to buy it, and they're like, "Look at all the stuff we have in Red Dead Redemption Two." And gamers are like, "Totally buying it, right?" Yeah. I mean, do you think Red Dead's going to be any less grindy? Mm, I mean, I'm. Sh- well, it doesn't have a leveling system, so I guess. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like, if somebody just wants to experience the story in Red Dead, they probably be able to. Like, yeah, that's that's the that, I suppose that's the thing about Odyssey. It's not truly open world because you are gated. Like some some of the all mobs level up with you. That's which right. Keeps I, the challenge consistent, but there are areas that are just too high level for you, and you go there, and it'll be a skull, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's for light playing later," you know. But. Yeah. That's for <sighs> All right. So thanks for the uh, super chat. Thanks for the topic. Eternal should I really appreciate it. Um, moving on. Um, I'm going to talk about Crackdown 3 here for a minute. God, I really hate talking about this game. Oh, hold right. on. Someone's at the door. I'll be right back, Jez. Keep the people. Oh, no, the don't, do, don't do this to me. I'm not, I haven't got the chop. <laughs> and ignore the door. Just, just, just ignore it. Oh, my God. Right. Guys, bear with me. Rand's ditched me. It means I've got to pull up the chat on my phone. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. One moment. One moment. Arg. Sorry about this, guys. This happens when we're doing a live show. And if we were a professional, we would probably edit this down when we upload it. But we're not professional. By any stretch of 
the imagination. Right, I can see chat now. So <laughs> if you've got any questions, <laughs> I love it when Jez is by himself. I don't. I don't like it. Jez, why do you hate Google? Oh, the reasons are numerous and vast, far too many to name for this podcast. But honestly, I don't hate Google, but I just write about Microsoft and I write in the context of what Microsoft should do. I don't care about Google is a better better way of putting it. I don't like Google because they harvest user data with impunity. I don't like Google because they sell data which can be manipulated and abused to manipulate people. I prefer companies that sell products. And Microsoft is a company that sells products. I, I even prefer Apple on that basis. That's why I said it. I'd, I'd rather Apple than Google. I've, I, I, I see I've turned, in, turned into a Jazz Hates Google segment, huh? Yeah, someone asked me why I hate why I hate Google. Where, I wish you wouldn't leave me alone like that. I'm right? sorry, I'm sorry. I can't handle it. Right. We'll we'll talk about why Jez hates Google a little bit more during the Xbox versus Google segment. But <laughs> Crackdown Three. Um look, I don't like talking about it. We've talked about it quite a bit. It's the game that um I don't know, it's like uh what did you say, the redheaded stepchild of the Xbox first party games? The black I mean, sheep. It's, so beco- it's becoming that, right? But I don't know how. I don't know what. What else it could be at this point, sadly. But there was actually good news about Crackdown Three. <laughs> Phil, Mister Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, tweeted out that he had played a build yesterday, and he said that I was playing a full build yesterday. Nice work by the team. More work to do, but good progress. My agent felt like the wrecking machine I enjoy, smiley face. And then over the weekend, um, I was able, I actually was, had the, uh, I was playing with Phil in Forza Horizon 4, and he mentioned that he had played it again, and he feels good about the game. His agents feel good. Uh, So, okay, I mean, that's all great news. Like, Phil delayed the game because he said it didn't feel right. He said his agent didn't feel right, right? But, you know... People people have this agenda. You know, people on Twitter, fanboys, on both sides, they always have an agenda to twist things and turn things into their own uh, talking points. But also websites as well. Because GameSpot put up an article detailing what Phil said and then was like, Crackdown 3 canceled? Basically talking <laughs> about, like, like and it, it, it wasn't just like GameSpot. It was like another website. And it's like, I don't understand how you could read his quote and the takeaway from that quote is crackdown three might get canceled. I didn't say that. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, how do you like, sure. Okay. The work, the game still needs work. Yeah. I mean, the game, uh, it's not coming out till February. So of course there's more work to do. It's not gone gold yet, but like, how do you read that? And your takeaway isn't that like, hey, the game seems better. Feels you know impressed with how his agent feels, which was the reason he delayed it in the first pace place. And you're like, Crackdown Three going to get canceled? Question mark. Look, if Crackdown Three was going to get canceled. It would already been canceled. Okay. This is another thing people don't understand. Like people say, oh, they should just cancel Crackdown Three or what have you. Like if they were going to do that, the game would have been canceled years ago. But they're not going to. You know. There's so many different things that impacted 
what Crackdown 3 happened. I mean, for for starters, like, CloudGen being bought out on Epic, Epic bought, like, the developer behind the tech, behind, like, all that stuff with the cloud destruction. I bet you that had a big problem with it or a big issue with it, right? Um, I don't know, man. Like, it, 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 sure, Microsoft, of course, deserves a lot of the criticism for announcing this game in 2014 and not delivering it until 2019. You know, uh, that you can criticize that for all they want, but the game's going to be finished. Uh, and I just kind of look at some of these takes and I just don't get it. I mean, I get it from the sense that Games GameSpot is clearly looking for clicks, and an article about games, you know, the game being canceled, it, it like is going to obviously uh, draw more Dude, eyes on my, it. My article about Crackdown being delayed is one of my best articles of the year, and my best article last year was Scalebound getting canceled. Uh, people love negative news, man. They, they love do. it. They do. Negative negative news thrives. Like negative videos thrive on YouTube. Like I don't know people people want to hear about I don't know people don't want to hear about positivity and good things. They they uh, for some reason like the negativity mob. I don't know it draws attention and clicks and the algorithm feeds into that. So more people do it and it just seems like an overwhelming thing. Yeah, and if, I, feel, I feed into it as well. You know, it's, it's hard to escape. Like I saw there was this article this week about a new article about how video games cause violence, and I was just like. Oh God! And I just You're couldn't resist. Then? Yeah, I couldn't resist retweeting it, calling it stupid. You know, showing my outrage. I couldn't resist, man. Dude, I couldn't resist. And one of the th- games they mentioned in that thing was freaking Manhunt. <laughs> Manhunt. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that part of the story. And then you know what? All is that game? Uh, it, that game was like it was on the Wii, dude. No, that game was on the PS2. I think. Manhunt's yeah, old. It was a Rockstar game. And I remember people flipping out about that game when it first came out, but nobody's playing Manhunt now. How the hell do you include that in a video game as violent thing? Jesus Christ. How do you even how do you even measure who plays Manhunt in 2018? Nobody plays Manhunt in 2018. That dude probably just Googled some article and saw some parents groups were, were upset about Manhunt and were like, oh. no, man, I think Manhunt 2 was the last game to be banned in the UK, I think. And I liked Manhunt. I played Manhunt. I think it's a little bit overrated, but like, I don't know. I, I it's, just it's a ridiculous game, but it's not it's not bad, right? Quite fun. But as the developer pertains for Crackdown, like, look, the game's gonna come out. Will it be good? I hope so. I really, really hope so. I hope the game is good. I hope the game's a lot of fun. I hope the multiplayer works. Like they said, the multiplayer was going to work, and I fully expect it to I've, be shown off at XO eighteen. Like I a hundred percent expect that game to get its like re reveal or whatever you want to call it at XO eighteen. I've heard that the cloud destruction stuff is still in. I keep hearing that. So like, even though cloud gin, cloud join, or however you say, it, um, even though their departure created disruption in the development process, apparently the cloud destruction is still there. So we should see some of that at XO twenty eighteen. I mean, they have to show it at XO eighteen. It's like they will. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm expect one hundred percent. Like, I will eventually do an XO prediction show, and I'll probably even do a video about it. But I one hundred percent fully expect Crackdown three 
to be shown off at XL18. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can pretty much confirm it anyway. Yeah. So just always keep in mind, you know, with some of these pe- people that report news, like if you're just reporting the news, like, hey, name changes are coming to PlayStation. Great. Like, th- that's awesome. I want to read more about it, about it. But then, like, people will twist that. Oh, PlayStation, you know, like, and I don't know. Does Crackdown is, I mean, <laughs> just to, I'm not going to go too in, in depth on this, but the way news editor, news is handled often on, on gaming sites these days, it's often handled by freelancers that don't have to be paid as much. They don't have to be included in, like, you know, employee benefits and stuff like that. And also there's, there's like tax benefits to having freelancers instead of having a proper employee and stuff like that. So, uh, and news, news about things like that doesn't often make much money. So it's often better. And I'm not saying this is what game, uh, game uh, spot have done here. Cause I don't know who wrote that article, but it's often the case that it's better financially to use a freelancer and it's also often the case that freelancers get things wrong a lot you know they misread things there's just the quality takes a hit that's because news isn't profitable a lot of the time you know ad revenues are down for all sites um as far as i'm aware and companies a lot of these media companies are looking for alternative sources of revenue you know, and that's why you see on Windows Central that there's a lot of, you know, stuff there about, you know, best laptop bags and stuff like that. It's because at the end of the day, you know, it makes money, you know. So the industry, the idea of getting stuff for free leads to decreased quality, mm-hmm. I think. And it's a shame, but that's the way it is, you know. I mean, we're, we're doing this podcast for free because we love the industry, right? Like, I couldn't pay the bills. I couldn't put food on my table by podcasting. No. Do it because you have to love it. You do it because you love it, you know. That's the same thing with YouTube. I really enjoy doing YouTube, making videos and stuff, you know. (laughs) Anyways, um, I wanted to ask you and everybody in chat, what made gaming great for you this year, right? Um. I saw I saw your positive video about PlayStation. Right, I know, and, and, and I really liked that video. I didn't watch it. I just liked right, the talk. Right, so I, you know, <laughs> I, I people call me a pony now. The PlayStation. <laughs> like, okay. Oh no, Ran's a pony. I know, right? But look, the video was just about my appreciation for Sony making three of my favorite games of the year. Right, that's it. This isn't an Xbox versus PlayStation thing. It's just I enjoyed three of their games so much. That if you take away those three games, this year doesn't look very good. But I understand it's just my personal opinion on the matter. So I wanted to ask you, Jez, what made gaming great for you this year? Uh, who made gaming great for you? And everybody in chat, let me know what, who, what game, what publisher, who made gaming great for you? And it could be anything. If you want it to be Sea of Thieves, I'm not going to argue. You want it to be State of Decay? You want it to be some stupid Nintendo game? Go right ahead. And you just see, I just trolled Nintendo there. But either way, like it doesn't really matter. Let me know what made gaming great for you. Jazz, go ahead. Tell me Tell me what you loved. I don't know. I hate everything this year. 
I, I, I'm playing World of Warcraft a lot, but I'm not really happy with the game right now. I'm playing it out of hate. Um, man, I don't know. I seriously don't know. You don't hey, know? X, Xbox Monster Hunter Xbox. You didn't love Capcom's Monster Hunter World? I did. I suppose that's one thing. Monster Hunter World is definitely up there for this year. Um, but, you know, so far, there's nothing that's really blown me away. I, I tell you, actually, you know what? The number one thing for me in gaming this year, it was seeing that Cyberpunk presentation, the one they released on YouTube now. That blew my mind so immensely in a big 4K cinema screen. That blew, that, I enjoyed that more than any actual game this year. Right. I mean, there's a lot. I don't have a PlayStation. So my, my I would be saying something completely different probably if I had a PlayStation, but I don't. You know, And I can't, I, I honestly can't say Xbox delivered this year. Well, it's uh, not, it's, it's not about, hold on a second. That's, but that's the thing. I'm only playing on Xbox. And I don't think Xbox delivered this year. All right. So, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of comments here in chat about what made gaming great for them. Uh, Gopher says God of War. Um, let's see. Halo in the Cloud says Sega is the reason he games. Uh, let's see. Uh, Raging Cajun says Sea of Thieves and Monster Hunter. Uh, Francisco says Monster Hunter. Mr. Goodcat says Celeste. That's a good pick. Celeste is awesome. Um, I really enjoyed... There was a lot of decent indie games this year. Yeah. I really enjoyed Surviving Mars. I really, really enjoyed um, Moonlighter a lot. Um, Ice Queen Gaming says Spider-Man and Insomniac. There's a lot of different uh, God of War, suggestions. War. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like... And the video, I mean, that was the video wasn't like a console war thing. I hate the console war. It was just like, hey, Sony made some great games that I enjoyed playing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to give them props. That's it. But of course, some people can't think beyond that. You know what I, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, they can't. Yeah, they, they just can't. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, maybe when Red Dead 2 comes out, someone might say Red Dead 2 was, you know, what made 2018 great or. Maybe even Fallout 76 if you're a huge uh, fan. But, yeah, I thought it was just an interesting topic. And uh, before we move on to the next one, I got some shout-outs for some super chat here. Rump Roastwitch says, Positivity, that's all that matters. I burned through 7360s, but Microsoft's customer service is awesome. Even with my one, they bent over backwards to help me. Yeah, and I've had nothing but uh, uh, positive things to say about Xbox customer service. Um they seem to be definitely the best of the big three, always willing to help and maybe, you know, replace controllers and things of that nature. Uh, Overdone says, come join the Dark Side Ran Greatness Arates. I own the PlayStation. I turn it on when it has quality exclusives to play, and PlayStation did not disappoint me this year. However, and I didn't say this in the vid. Maybe I should have reiterated it. Uh, I don't plan on playing everything on PlayStation. Like, all my gaming, 99% of my gaming takes place on Xbox, and uh, I have no, is not, I have not thought about switching and playing everything on PlayStation, mainly because <sighs> that controller is such trash. DS4 oh, Razer. Is... Razer just made a controller that's basically a carbon copy of the Xbox controller for PlayStation. I know, I know, but I, 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 I can use the DS4 
the Xbox One controller is objectively better, wink, wink, objectively, not subjectively. Uh, and achievements are just subjectively better than trophies. Uh, there's no arguments about that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy my place. Like, I plan on, I plan on picking up Astrobot Rescue Mission, the PSVR game that supposedly is awesome uh, to play on my PSVR. Huh? No, 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 no. Like, the movement stuff in VR, like, uh, the, the stuff gave me, like, sickness. But I played Moss, and I loved it. Um, is Moss on PC, or is it PlayStation? I think it's PlayStation only. Uh, and also shout out to Beaner8127. He says, as an Xbox fan, I love when Nintendo and Sony do really well because it forces Microsoft to step their game up and I win. Love the channel and never miss a video. Well, thank you for that comment. And I agree with you. Uh, competition is great. Microsoft is only buying these studios and, you know, they only built the X and doing all these great things because Nintendo and Sony and other companies are on the horizon to do it. If like they weren't there to for like, you know what I mean? Like, like think about what Microsoft wanted the Xbox one to be. They wanted to take away physical ownership and provide you with a 24 hour check-in. Right. Like, and all their, their weird ass policies they wanted to do, but consumers weren't having that. And now we have a better, more focused Microsoft. That's really about gaming. I mean, Phil's deadly serious when he, you know, he talks about like providing first party content. Like he, he, he really means that he's like going out of his way because he knows content is king and you know, he's, he's got it. He's doing what needs to be done in my opinion. Um, I don't know. What do you think about all that Jez? I mean, competition, competition makes everything better and we win, we win. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, like, not much yeah, more to really say about it. I don't it. get these people who want want any one company to die, you know. And I get like supporting your brand and enjoying it like a sport, you know, and stuff like that. But you know, why would you ever want want one company to dominate? I mean, you've got a situation where you know online video is dominated by YouTube, and YouTube makes so many mistakes and anti-consumer things and treats their creators like crap and stuff like that. Am I allowed to say that on your channel? I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know they they treat their 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 customers and users like crap because there's no competition. They can get away with it. So you know, if in a world where there's no competition, you get YouTube and you get like really expensive ISP prices in America and stuff like that. You know, in a lot of places where there's only one ISP to choose from, it sucks. So yeah. competition is deadly important, and as such, it's important that PlayStation. Xbox and Nintendo all do well. See, this is the thing I don't. If you're not Google, this is the thing I don't understand. So, damn God says Rand couldn't stop playing the PlayStation Four. Just say the man with the million trophies now, because you're a Sony fan. But the thing is, I've stopped playing the PlayStation Four. Like, I literally turn it on to play the three or four exclusives a year, and then I turn it off. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of my gaming time is spent on Xbox. As good as Sony's exclusives are, and that was the thing. It's not about the console. It's about the publisher. They make great games, and I play those great games. And then I'm right back on Xbox playing everything else. So I don't understand the comment. Because he's a fanboy. I guess so. I guess so. Now, Ernie just brought up an interesting question. He says, thoughts on the Switch revision? Ah, we were going to talk about that. Yeah, we were planning on talking about this. So, uh... Came out last night. 
that from the Wall Street Journal in Japan that Nintendo's planning on doing a switch, a new switch for the end of next year. But um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be like an Xbox One X or PS4 Pro thing. More like a better screen, maybe longer battery life, but not necessarily like a switch that can suddenly play Red Dead Redemption 2 and all the big AAA games. Um, oh, and it's probably going to have more tight DRM. Yeah, so obviously I'm not really in tune in what Nintendo's doing because, quite frankly, probably my worst thought-out decision of the past year or so was buying a Nintendo Switch. I spent $500 on it, and I've played it maybe three times. And it sits over in the corner <laughs> behind my TV docked. When did you sell it? I don't know, because I've never been the person to buy something and then sell something. Like, I see so many people on Twitter, like, bought an Xbox One X, and then a, min- a week later, they're like, Xbox has no games. I'm selling my X, <laughs> right? And then they sell the X, and, every- and all the PlayStation fans are like, yeah, get rid of that trash system. And then a month later, they're like, buying the X again for a cheap price, couldn't pass it up. And then two weeks later, they're like, Xbox has no games. I'm selling my Xbox. It's like, you just, so you bought it, you sold it, not you bought it again, you're selling it again. Like, why? And and number one, then you need to tell people on Twitter, like, you, you're doing it. Like, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody literally cares. Only people that care are the Sony fanboys that want, like, people either talking great about PlayStation or talking down on Xbox. And they'll, they'll, they'll give them a pat on the back and give them a, you know, a thumbs up sign or maybe sign the contract or what have you, right? <laughs> so, but usually I buy something, I don't, I don't get rid of it. You know, there. I still want to play Bayonetta two before Bayonetta three comes out, but you know, I bought Mario, I bought Zelda, I have Bayonetta one and Bayonetta two, and you know what? This is the thing. I knew this buying the system because the only other game I'm really interested in besides Bayonetta three is is honestly Metroid Prime four. Other than that, I don't care about Smash Brothers. I don't care about Animal Crossing. I don't care about any of their games. Like, they could announce a new Zelda tomorrow, and you know what? I'll be as interested in that as, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a cool analogy here, but I can't. I'm not moving. Bobby, Bobby Horse yeah, Racing. Yeah, like, Barbie Horse Racing appeals to me just as much as Zelda does. And I'm being truthful when I say that. And when I mean that, because I don't want to play either of those games, even though Jez is trying to convince me to review. What was that game you wanted me to review? I don't know. It's some horse racing Xbox One game. I can't, I can't remember. Like, I, I can't remember what it was called now, but pre-ordered, right? So I've li- so I bought I bought this system in, in in March, and I've turned it on three or four times, and that's it. And I can't be arsed to to turn it on because like I have all the, like got all the games coming did out. You say can't be arsed. I can't be arsed. I did a little uh you know a little oh. British speak there. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. You know, I got I got Forza Horizon Four. I'm playing through. I got Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm currently playing. We got Red Dead Two coming up. We got Hitman. We got Battlefield Five. We got Call of Duty. Uh, all these indie games and stuff. And then the games I play on PlayStation, which I haven't got to, like Ratchet and Clank and Horizon Zero Dawn and the Yakuza's and uh, Personas and whatever games come out next year. Oh my God, next year you got Devil May Cry. You got Division Two. You got Anthem. You got Crackdown. You got Days Gone. You got Kingdom Hearts Three. You got Resident Evil Two. Like, there's no time to play the Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch doesn't have any games worth playing on it. There, I said it. What are you going to do about it? Hit that like button. Oh, my God. I know. Hit that like button. Hashtag Switch. (laughs) I I can't even think of a hashtag. Either way, it's my worst purchase by far. It it literally sits in the corner. I just basically burned $500. 
I just basically threw five hundred dollars in 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 the fireplace. But anyways, what do you think about this new N- Nintendo Switch, Jez? I think Nintendo do this all the time. They did it with Nintendo 3DS. They do these little revisions here and there, refining their you know construction process, improving their margins, stuff like that. It might be something. I mean, we if the the news is presented to us as this is a new console but really it's probably no newer than you know the incremental updates that microsoft does to the xbox lion and stuff like that you know like as time goes on uh build processes become improved so like without actually having to fully revise a model so like you could say that this new switch is pretty much akin to like the new the new generation of Xbox controller. It's not like a full blown revision. It's just like a refinement, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the issue would be is if it runs games that the original Switch can't. But I can't see that being the case. If it was, can you imagine how madly people would be? Yeah. Well, I have a couple of things to address. Um, obviously, I don't really feel that way. Nintendo Switch has great games. If you enjoy them, then you enjoy them. They're just not disappointed. Right, I don't, I don't like. In fact, I gotta like reiterate <laughs> that is is you know, it just goes to show you that some people just you know. I was Ron being, just, I was Ron being just scared now. Ron I was scared being hyperbolic. I was just you know trying trying to like rant for entertainment's sake, right? Whatever. Either way, and oh, you're doing the YouTuber thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want p- people to take me out of context like Boogie. Um, <laughs> but oh, no. um, I spent five hundred dollars on the Switch, and I know, okay, yeah, it's three hundred bucks. I bought the Switch, I bought the Pro Controller, I bought Zelda, I bought Mario, and I bought Bayonetta. So 500 bucks for the entire thing. I know Switch is 300 but that's how much I spent on it. You know? <laughs> and some people just like, you know, you, you, when you do these things for entertainment, they're like, they get so upset. And Calm then down. Yeah, and then they're like, but Xbox sucks too, Rand. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings, bro. Like, people people think that stuff really bothers me. Like, they'll be in my comments like, Rand, Xbox has no games. Okay? The only thing that bothers me as pertains to Microsoft is when people say Windows Phone is dead. And then well, it is like, dead. Cry. It's been dead for years. Uh, but, but, Rand, don't, you don't have to say it. I know. It's, it's one of those things. It's painful, man. It's painful for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> It's just uh, it's just uh, one of those things you can talk about, talk how crappy about Xbox is forever, and I I don't care. I, it's a it's a it's a machine that plays video games. I'm, I'm not going to get hurt over it. You know, some people do, some people don't. I don't care, whatever. And you know what? I probably own more games than most. I look, Jazz. I have fourteen hundred games on Xbox. Maybe I should make a video saying <clears> Xbox <throat> has no games? Question mark and just display my entire games list. You've got. <sighs> Like three times more games than me. Yeah, yeah. But um Nerd. sorry. I I thought when I first heard this Nintendo Switch rumor, I thought it was going to be a Switch that was a little bit more powerful than the old Switch, right? And mainly because I I thought maybe they were trying to make a push to get some of these triple a games on the system like the thing about nintendo and the thing about the switch is like yeah it's got all the portability and yeah it's an indie darling machine and you know they're 
like 20 indies come out a week on that system and you buy it because you want to play the Nintendo exclusives and they're always good. Um, but it is the one thing it's sorely lacking is it doesn't have call of duty. It doesn't have battlefield. It doesn't have red dead two. It doesn't have assassin's creed odyssey. Well, I guess in Japan it has the streaming version of red dead odyssey, right? But it doesn't have these big AAA games. So, and I did see a statistic from MPD from Matt Piscatella that like 65% of, of Switch owners in the United States have an Xbox One or a PS4. So it's a dual concert ownership thing, right? And I thought, okay, so if they're going to introduce a more powerful Switch, maybe with the play of getting some of these AAA games on there, because Nintendo's clearly doesn't have the same issues this gen they did previous ones where people only bought Nintendo games on the Nintendo console. Like they, there are stories of how like every single, for the most part, nin, uh, nin, uh, indie game on the Switch sells better than the PlayStation and the Xbox and even the PC version. Now, haters like Jazz will tell you that it's because nobody nobody has anything to play on the Switch, so of course people buy it, right? But like, and I use haters like in a jokingly term, a lovingly term, Jazz, you know. Um. But, like, it's been going on for some time, and there's so many games on the Switch. I think Switch had more games so far this year than Xbox did. Of course, Xbox has a bigger backlog of games for the last few years. But clearly, people are buying Switch games in, you know, a a magnitude more than previously. And the only thing missing is those AAA games. Like, I kind of think if Red Dead 2 came out on Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people opted for the Switch version. Or, you know, like, like you take Red Dead 2 on the go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, presents I think- a, it presents a use case that Xbox and PlayStation doesn't have. You can play it on the toilet and other That's places true. like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, 4K, yeah. A lot of people don't have 4K TVs and also... There's a, there's a very physical, obvious benefit to having a console that you can take on the go, which is one reason why they're pushing for streaming now. And you know, and even then, it's it's a complex proposition to explain to a casual gamer. You know, how do you explain to a casual gamer? Oh yeah, you stream the whole game over the internet and it just works. It's like to a casual gamer, that's like what? But a Switch is kind of like, oh, that's a Game Boy. You know, get that. Parents get that. Try and explain to a parent what cloud game streaming is. Nobody knows. Well, nobody knows, right there. Nobody yeah. knows. It's so try, try, and, try, try and explain that to a, to a normie, you know. Nintendo presents a solid... You know what a Nintendo console is? They're a normie. And I'm talking about normies here. Normies and casuals. They know what a Nintendo console is. And a lot of them just, like... They don't really see themselves as hardcore console games anymore. But the Nintendo is... For those, the 40% that don't, do own just Switches, they've just sort of like, yeah, Nintendo's like this nostalgic thing for me. I was a Nintendo player as a kid, don't have time for real games now. But it's okay to play Nintendo games because it's this fun thing I can play anywhere and fit around my life with its portableness. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But apparently the, Switch, the, the new Switch isn't going to really be like that, so... Um and I, I don't know. I thought about make like, well, maybe I should have waited to buy a switch to buy that. But then I think to myself, it's like, ah, you didn't really use the switch now. 
uh, you probably wouldn't use it then. But I am really interested to play Metroid Prime 4 whenever that comes out. So, um, oh, super chat, by the way. I, I did see that. I, I did see that. And I, I might as well read it now. Shout out to the friendly neighborhood Blue Shell. This one's directed to you, Jez. He says, Jez, I tried to hold out hope, but it's time to leave my <laughs> Lumia 950 XL behind. The CBS oh, no. app is gone. <laughs> Rip. Yeah, I, le- I left. I left Lumia like odd over over a year ago now. So Shame. with a new switch coming next year, Jazz, and rumors still persisting that PlayStation is going to reveal the PlayStation Five next year and potentially launch it at the end of the year, and also I don't know, like there's been some talk that maybe Xbox is going to unveil the new Xbox next year. Are we mm-hmm. closer to next gen as? people think like could it i mean i know i guess the switch isn't really next gen but is it potentially next year where you have like three brand new hardware things to talk about from all three companies i mean well cryptopsy in chat did mention that there is a new tigra chip which is almost 50 percent more powerful than the one in the switch which would certainly boost its gaming chops significantly um god it's it's hard to say isn't it you know, but back in the day, we had these like really, really long console cycles that took like a million years to get upgrades. But now we've got like mid-gen iteration. In the case, at least in the case of the Xbox One X, it was a huge leap. I suppose the PS4 Pro was a pretty huge leap too. And then we're already talking about next gen. What are they going to do? Eight K. That people don't 60 even 60 frames, baby. 60 frames on every game. You know, yeah. how, do you know how hard it is to buy a 4K gaming monitor? I, they're expensive, and which is why I don't know if you saw the Steam survey, but less than point, less than six percent of people play at a resolution higher than 1080p on Steam. It's so hilarious to me, but going on about how PC Master Race brag about it, but it's like. Yeah, <laughs> people but, don't want 4K. They want they want their games running well. They want the performance, at a high frame rate. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Like, and, be, and be careful what you say about PC Master Race. I don't want them invading my channel now and, and talking smack, <laughs> right? But I mean, Rand hates PC Master Race. He told me. <laughs> I just 4K gaming monitors are expensive, but like most PC, at least like really into PC players that I know of, always talk about performance over resolution. Right. And which every like with the Xbox One X in a similar way, I always choose performance mode over resolution mode. It's, if it's, given... why, it's why Microsoft included FreeSync in the Xbox One X, right? Because like if you play if you play Overwatch at like, you know, hundred on hundred and forty four megahertz display with FreeSync, it makes the game easier to play. You know, it's that smooth, you know. And like, you can't, you can't really underestimate how much frame rates help you in a competitive scenario. If someone has better, better frame rate and you know smooth, smoother display, it just beat you'll beat the person that playing at like thirty or twenty-five, you know, FPS with screen tearing because it just it's just a more pleasant experience. You know, like I like my pixels, which is why I play I play at four K when I'm playing a single player game. I want the image quality to be to be better, but like difference in a competitive game like Call of Duty or Overwatch or you know Counter Strike, Go and all those sort of PC oriented games, 
can't be understated. But getting a free sync monitor for Xbox is not easy. If you yeah. want to, if you want to take advantage of HDR and 4K ever, your 4 4K HDR monitor with free sync basically doesn't exist. I think there's like two. They're expensive. I think Philips announced one at Gamescom. I remember right. Yeah, it's like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> Diomli Kubray says I'm watching the stream using my GTX 1070 670K PC. Come on, <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm broadcasting the stream using my GTX 1080, my 7700K uh, CPU. You know, like. <laughs> and it's funny thing, like all I really use my PC for is to render my videos in, a, in, a, in Adobe Premiere Pro. Right? Yeah, I've, I've I've got a I've got a three thousand dollar Surface Book, and I basically I play a thirteen year old game on it, <laughs> you know? and I don't even max that out because uh, you know I I don't like the fan noise, so I play at a lower resolution because I don't like the fans kicking in. That's the cool thing about PC. You've got like you've got the power of control over your experience but like at the same time that's the benefit of console is that it just sort of works yeah yeah but it is interesting to know that like even like the really hardcore pc people they're like people that play on pc through steam they don't even really consider anything over 1080p so it is it was it is kind of funny seeing the push by sony and nintendo or sony and microsoft rather about 4k 4k this and 4k that you know like does and I've, I don't know, like, to me, I, I've always thought resolution's nice and stuff, but, like, I don't know, I was playing on Xbox One when it was, like, games were 700p and people were making fun of the Xbox for having lower resolutions. It never, never bothered me. It didn't impact my enjoyment of every game I played. I just, you know, and, and now it's like, I don't know, did you see any of the Assassin's Creed Odyssey stuff from, like, Digital Foundry with, like, the pottery, like, didn't have as many, like, textures between oh, the, pro the P- yeah the ps4 pro had like worst yeah but like i i look at that and nobody really talks about it good because it's dumb right nobody should be talking about that stuff but then i think about what the beginning of this generation was and i think back on you know red or grand theft auto 5's grass gate i like digital foundry was like well there's more grass on the playstation 4's version and like that was like a serious thing. Like IGN and all these companies ran articles about. It it just goes to show, doesn't it? I think like that is that is not a case. I wouldn't say that's a case of media bias. That is more of a case of media catering to the narrative that people want to read about. You know, there's more there's more PlayStation gamers out there right now, so they get to dictate the narrative. PlayStation nobody's really interested in whether a game has more blades of grass. I would argue, but. When you're like, you know, trying to justify your purchase to yourself and you're engaged in all these fanboy console wars and stuff like that, an article that bashes Xbox is more compelling to a bigger, bigger chunk of the audience. You well, know. dude, there was, there was YouTube, there was YouTube channels that got super huge off of just bashing Xbox in the beginning of the gen. It was like a thing everybody did. Everybody was, you know, the media sites. Yeah, it was a meme. It was a meme. They, Microsoft created a meme out of themselves. And then people ran with it. People, yeah. like, like, at the end of the day, media outlets—they're not biased against Xbox. They just do what gets clicks. Well, get people that cl- money. People clicked on that. They clicked on that with they impunity, should. and they don't click on—they don't click on. Uh, you know, Xbox One X is more powerful than PS4 Pro with the same impunity. Maybe because like it's more 
obvious that it is better, but it's done and done, and it's like, yeah, it's better. I, I also think it's as more to do with not that many people own a Pro or an X. Like, you know what I, I mean? Like, too. they don't want to read about like a system that they don't own. Like, yeah, the X is better than the Pro, of course it is, but most people still game on a regular PlayStation and a regular Xbox. But like nobody really talks about that anymore, right? Like, like yeah, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey can reach native 4K sometimes on the X and less on the Pro. But then nobody really talks about like, well, on the regular Xbox One, it like reaches like 790p and like 1080p on like the PS4. People just focus on the more high end models. But like every, the regular gamer is the one. That, I mean, they're not playing on an X or Pro; they're playing on a regular system. Maybe that's why it it doesn't really get that many. Honestly, the only people that really care are like the super fanboys. You know what I mean? Like the super really into that stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, but I want to talk about Xbox versus Google now. Google, big fight. We, we need to we need we need to have a sit down with Jez and understand why he hates Google so much. <laughs> You know, it's just let's not like him. This is this is a sports team thing, right? Google ain't my team, man. I resent the fact that I have to use Android because I don't like giving Google my data. I don't trust Google with my data. I don't trust them with my information. I I don't like the fact they read my emails to target ads at me. You know, I don't like any of that stuff. And Microsoft does it too. So. It's a bit stupid of me to even be like that. But the thing is, you can turn it off on Windows. You can you can click a button that says, don't collect ad relevant data about me. Google doesn't offer that. Or at least if they do, they make it so obscure that I can't find it. So that's one reason that Google bothers me. Another reason Google bothers me is, you know, the, the general avarice they've shown to completing platforms using their monopoly of search to sh- squeeze out um, to downrank SEO for the iPhone, to downrank SEO for Windows products, you know, to promote their own stuff. I just think they're a monopoly that's completely out of control, and I don't like that. And Google have a responsibility to use their monopoly for good and not evil. They even had that in their mission statement, which they famously removed. So that's the long and short of why I don't like Google. But really, it's more like there's no real reason why I don't like Google. I'm just you just mean. you don't like Google because Google destroyed uh, the Windows Phone. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blame. I blame. I'm better for that. That's that's the real reason. That's right. But, um. But the thing is, Google is a company that, while I truly genuinely believe Phil Spencer with Xbox, I mean, I wouldn't have said this about Don Matrick in a million years, but I truly believe that Phil Spencer is out there to create fun experiences for people to just relax after work, play some games, have fun, and then make some money on it. I truly believe that that's the goal, the current goal with Xbox is to just make something nice in a world that is comprised almost entirely of shit. But Google, I know they love being an evil company. So I don't, when I see Google getting into gaming, I don't see them getting into gaming for any reason other than let's see how much juice we can milk out of this stuff for our nefarious evil deeds, and so Larry Page can have a new yacht. 
that's the only real thing. That's my takeaway when I see Google getting into gaming, right? I don't see a company that wants to do something for the betterment of the gaming industry. I just see a company that wants to kill Windows, at, at, like so desperately wants to kill Windows that they'll, they're willing to get into gaming to do it. And that's really what this is about here. Google is a what Google's what I feel Google's plan is with the streaming stuff. Well, it's not some. Sorry, go on. Well, let's let, let's explain it first before we get into that, in case people don't know. Okay, so earlier this week, Google announced uh, Google Project Stream, and they were testing it out in beta format, and they partnered up with Ubisoft, and you'll be able to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And all you need is a PC or laptop with a 25 megabyte per second per, per second inter, internet connection, and you can be able to stream Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, in your Google Chrome browser. Uh, you know that you have on your PC. And there's been rumors forever that Google's gearing up to an entry into the console race. There is Project Yeti, which was uh, supposedly some sort of actual console they were making, and then here's this Project Stream, which is going to be some streaming. Uh, thing so you know they hired phil harrison who used to work at playstation and xbox to kind of like had that division so seems like yeah seems like google is really getting serious about about gaming uh, at least console gaming triple a gaming you know they have android so they're like already at the forefront of like mobile gaming uh along with apple but this could have really big consequences uh, for gaming in general um, and which Jez is going to explain, uh, you know, which is right where I cut him off. So continue Jez. Okay, well, I've, I've been saying on this podcast pretty much for over a year that the big, the big fight for Microsoft and why that was, why they're pushing cloud so hard. It was never about PlayStation ever. It was all about Google and Amazon to some degree, because Amazon's going to have some kind of play like this waiting in the wings too. Amazon has infinite money. Google has infinite money. You know, who knows? Maybe even Apple is skirting around getting into this. But seriously, um, these are the companies with the big mega bucks who could really upend everything we know about gaming. And ultimately, it comes down to finding a new audience because the console audience is pretty much saturated. They have. They're at a point now where all gamers, all core gamers, are accounted for. You either play on Xbox, PlayStation, PC. You are the core gamer, and they've they've reached the point where they are dissatisfied with the speed of growth. There, I guess. Um, as such, one of the things publishers tried to do at the start of this gen to recoup costs was to destroy the used games market by having this DRM system for all games. There was a huge backlash against that, which killed that initiative off. So now they're looking beyond that to things like microtransactions and now game streaming. And given the rise of Netflix, game streaming was ultimately inevitable anyway. Um, But the the problem for Microsoft is that Google is the only company, other than maybe Amazon, who has the cloud clout to compete with them with this sort of technology. 
and also not only does Google have the technology and the service to deliver this stuff, they've also got Android. They've also got YouTube. They and they've also got Chromebooks, which are increasingly popular and a really cheap way to get computers into people's hands. Like you can get a decent Chromebook for like two hundred dollars, maybe even less. And a lot of kids these days growing up at school, they're growing up with Chromebooks and Android. They ain't growing up with Windows. So the the big but the big gap in the market for Chromebook is that Chromebook has no games. And the games it does have are pay to win mobile garbage. Yep. So the way that Google can fix that and get more credible games, the only way they can do this is by streaming PC games, ironically enough. So, like, presumably, um, they're gonna, well, basically what they're going to do is they're going to have a big, massive server farm running the PC versions of popular games. Starting with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Ubisoft just announced a partnership with Google to do exactly this. And they will stream the games to right now project stream says it's targeting browsers on uh, laptops and desktops um curiously not chromebooks or android now i think the reason they've done that is for optics and they want to be seen as a legitimate company first you know and stuff like that that's my personal opinion they're going to ramp this up slowly prove that it works with the hardcore crowd and in, and then filter that influence down to normal people, and then they've got Android. They can put it front and center on you know millions of devices overnight through the Google Play Store. And not all Android phones run the Google Play Store, especially in Asia. Yeah, yeah that's um, true. In China, so you know Google's reach is limited to Western audiences pretty much at this point. But as such. Google manages to make this work, and you can get like AAA games on a two hundred dollar Chromebook. That's going to present a big problem for Microsoft. You know? Well, not just Microsoft, but that's got to also eat into the bottom line for Sony because, like, like everybody knows that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo's businesses are built on the fact that they sell other people's games and then take thirty percent, right? They take thirty percent of a sale. Like my, that's why like having a user base is important because technically, you know, the bigger the user base, the more of the, the those third party games you sell, so you get more money, right? That's why you want obviously more consoles sold than your competitor. Um, so if Google can come in with a cheap option, and I mean really cheap, whether it's streaming through the PC or having some sort of like you know Google Chrome stick or whatever you want to call it. Right, where then they somehow can persuade or make people shift their purchases from PlayStation and Microsoft to this Google thing, then that that will have negative impacts on you know PlayStation and Xbox's bottom line. In my opinion, could be wrong because, quite frankly, it needs to work. Right, it needs to be it needs to be cheap because it's like I said with like the Project Scarlet streaming device from Xbox. Like, number one, it has to work for people to even care. And number two, it has to be cheap. You, you can't have it kind of priced anywhere close to what a normal console would cost because the cheaper you pay for something, the less you expect out of it. It's just, you know, human yeah. nature. You pay a dollar for uh, a steak at the dollar store, you you expect to get sick. But you spend, you know, $100 on a steak, you expect it to be damn good. So it's got to be cheap and it has to work. 
Um, I feel like uh, a lot of the people are missing the point here as well. That they are not targeting you guys with this stuff. They are not targeting existing core gamers who already have established libraries with this stuff. They aren't. Who they are targeting with this stuff is the next, the next 500 million gamers. You know, the people who think that having a mobile phone is enough. The people who are happy just to play Candy Crush. They are trying to decrease the barriers to getting those people on their games. They're trying to decrease those barriers. And it's all about getting new gamers. The the billions of people out there who don't game on anything other than Candy Crush. Like, And there's a lot of people, you know. The, the industry is a huge industry, you know. And when they talk about the, the games industry, they are talking about... You know, all those crappy mobile pay-to-win garbage games that we all hate, they are talking about those games. And when you think about consoles, consoles is like 30% of that whole industry. So you've got Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony fighting over 30% of the wider business. Ubisoft and EA want the whole piece of the pie. You know, they don't want to just have three companies scrapping over the 30%. They want... They want a presence on Android. They want a presence on iPhone. Well, it's it's mostly Android, really, because like outside of the US, iPhone isn't that popular, and um, especially the new the newer iterations of it. So it's it's complicated, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm by no means saying that Google wants to or Google can or even Microsoft or Sony. I'm not saying they ever want to limit eliminate their local local hardware and they don't want to kill off PCs and they don't want to kill off consoles because that is an established healthy business. This is all about going for the next hundreds and hundreds of millions. And the problem is if streaming becomes like the way that those casual normies want to play games, that becomes the de facto way that people um, digest games, then we could end up in a situation where you know the industry moves to cater to them rather than catering to you know core gamers who appreciate the art of gaming you know and take it more seriously and stuff like that so i don't think google cares about us <laughs> google's all about making money and they're not a gaming company and if they did care about quality games they would have done something with android to make it a quality gaming platform and not pay to win predatory Evil platform, which is pretty much ruined the whole business. Um, I don't trust Google with this stuff, and neither should you. And uh, I don't well, know what my, I don't know where I was going with this speech, but <laughs> it's well, just it's ultimately just like a case of that's where this disruption is going to come from, you know. And it's it's a case of how is this going to be implemented? Is it is it just going to be for free as part of Xbox Live Gold? Are there going to be devices dedicated to handheld Xbox gaming? You know, it's all this stuff that I'm just worried that, like, I'm just concerned that Microsoft will think, like, if we build it, they will come, you know. Whereas, like, Google can literally just slap a huge banner on Google Play and say, oh, by the way, you can get AAA games on your phone now. Here's how to do it. And it's all about decreasing those barriers to access, you know? The, the, but, simple, the simple fact... Sorry, Ren. What, one more thing. The simple fact that Google has the ability to set the defaults on Google Play phones puts Xbox at a massive disadvantage on mobile. 
Yeah. So, right. well, okay. So there's a, there's a few questions, obviously, and and even I kind of was thinking this when you were talking. He's like, so Arsenic Steel says, so Google will get one billion new gamers, and Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft will keep their two hundred million. Okay, question mark. Right, like if you're saying Google's targeting the next group of gamers that are growing up, so they're new gamers. Uh, will Sony and Microsoft? I mean, then that wouldn't but necessarily. I was impact- talking about. I was talking about the ex- the most extreme case oh. scenario there, and also it's not like Microsoft isn't going to compete here or Sony. Well, they are. Yeah. I mean, they, they have their streaming exactly. platform re- ready to go. They have Game Pass. They they're buying the you know the studios exactly. to put Game Pass in with you know because exclusive content because that's the so that's the other like that's the thing too. What what platform are we using right now? To have this podcast, we are using it is, yes, it's a Google platform. But he, so there Google, is. Sorry, I was just going to say my issue with all this. Not not that I that I don't believe Google's going to get in and, and try to go big. They do, they do whenever they have. But sometimes it doesn't work out, and Google, a lot of Google's experiments end up being failures, right? Yeah, they do. Right. So, and I understand like everybody wants streaming. The console manufacturers want it, so they don't have to R and D hardware. Uh, you know, the, the game studios want it because essentially it's just a, you're renting a game from them and not owning it. Um, it's just, they want that to be the future. Not necessarily saying that the future is right now because it's internet's not that good and we probably are 10 years out. But here's the thing. Like, uh, Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony, they have exclusive experiences exclusive to the platform they're on. Like, if you want to play God of War and Uncharted, you have to get a PlayStation. Sure, if you want to play Halo and Gears of War, you can play it on your PC, but for the most part, it's also on Xbox and Nintendo. Well, you want to play the Mario and Zelda, you got to get it there. As far as we know, Google hasn't bought any company, right? Like, so clearly, whenever they do come in, it's going to be, it can't be a play with exclusive content. So it's got to be a play on playing the games that you normally play on your Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo, but being able to play it at a in a cheap manner because that's the because like when i think about it is like you think about the, the transition to next gen period playstation 5 xbox 2 you know how hard it is going to be to convince a playstation gamer to switch to xbox to give up their thousands of potential purchases of their digital content that they have that is more than likely going to be backwards compatibility uh, compatible with the ps5 just as it would with an xbox gamer who has been gaming on the ecosystem since the original Xbox who has all these purchases and all these friends, like it's going to be incredibly hard for any of these companies to steal somebody. Cause this, we're in that era. Now we weren't really in the era so much with the 360 PS3. We were starting to actually get to that point, but now we're fully at that point, right? People live online with this stuff. Their purchases are tied to their account. It's going to be incredibly hard for these companies to steal anybody. So then I'm sitting there wondering if Google came and was like, listen, we can, you can stream Assassin's Creed, the next Assassin's Creed, and the next Call of Duty on your PC, and all you need is your PC, which you already own. Is who's that really going? It's definitely, I don't think, going to appeal to the hardcore fans of PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so who who's that going to appeal to? Are we talking is going to appeal to the uber casuals, the ones who don't care? But then again, maybe those. I don't know. Like. I can see the danger. I can see the competition. I can see how it can affect everything. But at the same time, I also see the pitfalls because they're, Google's not going to be offering anything compelling other than like, hey, this is a super cheap way to play stuff. But 
But at the same time, you know, mobile gamers aren't the same as console gamers. You know what I mean? Like, this is the other issue I kind of have with Microsoft's foray into mobile gaming, so to speak, and like trying and and doing the streaming thing is they want to reach 2 billion gamers. Right. But like, I don't really think those gamers who play on mobile and outside of console are interested in gears of war five or anything that Microsoft or Sony ever are going to produce. There's a reason they play on the phones and there's a reason they play on the tablets and play those type of games. Cause those like those games. If like, suddenly those people are now like, Hey, there's a gears pop game on my phone from Microsoft. They're not going to give a shit. So like, I also see like how this whole thing could just be a complete and utter, utter failure. And with all these companies chasing streaming to go after these people who more than likely don't give a shit about the product that you already have because they don't own it. And just, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not making any sense. You know? No, I mean it's it's certainly I'm not I'm by no means saying for certainty that Google's streaming stuff will succeed. No I mean, look at Google Google Plus, you know. That Google Plus they put it straight on top of their um on their on their uh you know, search engine, pretty much the face of the internet, and it they still managed to make it fail, which is you know, you could say that's pretty staggeringly impressive. But Microsoft my my only point is Microsoft can't afford to be complacent because they could nail it. And the fact that they're taking this softly, softly approach kind of speaks to me of, it reminded me of the Chrome web browser, right? The Chrome web browser, um, you know, when it first launched, it wasn't that great. But they sort of took a softly, softly approach to it they they tar- they prioritized features that targeted like power users and stuff like that and then you eventually got into a system where chrome is now a uh, scenario where chrome is now the biggest browser in the world even though like M- microsoft put sets the default browser on your computer people have gotten used to switching to chrome because they just made it better they made a better product because Microsoft were complacent and just assumed that they would always be the best and it didn't matter and they didn't have to try. And they, they did the same with Skype and now you've got Discord, which is better than Skype. And they did the same with a lot of other products, which are now like Cortana. Cortana was years ahead of Alexa. Now look, you know, Cortana's basically dead. Yeah. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the Microsoft that I fear when I think about google getting into this space is it's the it's the the microsoft of oh we don't need to we don't need to worry about this we're so huge we don't need to worry about chromebooks we don't need to worry about chromebooks because windows is such a huge monopoly and chromebooks are you know going up going up and up every year you know i'm 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 by no means suggesting that windows is going to die anytime soon because it's got like 85 percent market share on pc but you know people laughed at chromebook before and now it's a legitimate contender, especially in schools and other places, which, you know, people basically only need a web browser. And the web browser everyone uses is Chrome. So that is true. It's, it's the complacent. It's the complacency that Microsoft can't afford to have here because, yeah, it could just be another Google Plus. It could be a load of crap. Nobody that people could just skip over it and people, you know, it could just be a complete failure. But it could also be the thing that changes everything for gaming. And if it is Microsoft and Sony, I guess to the same degree, they can't afford to be complacent and just let Google go ahead with it and just do whatever they want. 
because Google, Google have shown a staggering ability for failure too. You know, Google Plus is this big, huge joke. And pretty, and, and pretty much, I think it's something like 85% of Google's business is ads. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't very, which isn't very diverse as a business. I mean, hell, they YouTube, don't, they've never made money on YouTube. No, they've never made money on YouTube. And they honestly, they don't make that much money on Google Play either, from what I've heard. Like, they, they, they barely have full control of Android. You know, it's like... But they control Google. advertising. Yeah. So you know, they yeah. they um they make all their money from ads, whereas Microsoft has this really diverse portfolio of, of, of goods and services. And if any one business at Microsoft fails, it doesn't matter because they've got like ten other businesses which still pull in really sick profits. It, it it's definitely going to be interesting to see, like if the casuals jump on this. If the cra- casuals are truly that price sensitive, then if that's the case and they don't really care, then yeah, maybe this takes off and maybe all the casuals jump with Google and, and do this. I, mean, I know Microsoft is obviously thinking that way because, you know, we, we talked about the Xbox Scarlet streaming device. You know, like yeah. what if you could start a generation out not only with a really high-priced premium machine, but also like a device that was 150 bucks? Because normally most generations start out really expensive and the costs come down over time. And as costs come down the more casual consumer enters the market. But what if you were at mass market price immediately? How would that change the business model? How would that change the business period? It's really something interesting to think about. Um, and shout out to Cake Batter for the Super Chat. He says, if you can play AAA 1080p 60 games on any device with a Chrome browser by logging into your account would be a game changer. Yeah, the potential's all there for it. It really is. Like, I'm just concerned. I, I just think like, if you're not interested in the type of gaming that we have right now, like the, the, the Assassin's Creed's and the Gears of Wars and Uncharted's, and gaming's been around like this for years and years and years, if you haven't really been interested in that type of gaming, I don't really see how that would suddenly turn you into a... Like, like, let, me, let me give you an example really quick. My sisters, my mom, play uh, on their phones. They play like Candy Crush or whatever, right? So they're one of the two billion game. By their definition, they're a gamer, right? They're included in all the statistics because they play games and they might even buy some stupid shit on there, right? So when like Xbox talks about reaching two billion gamers or four billion gamers or whatever, like they would be included. But like to me, that type of person is never going to go for what Xbox is offering in any in any universe. You know, it's just yeah, it, they're a statistic. They're part of the four billion. But like, I don't know. Like I like I almost truly feel like the AAA video game market that we have right now is 200 million people, and that's it. Like trying to get those people who play mobile, they're not interested in what we have. They're interested in something else, and just giving them easier access to Gears of War and Uncharted isn't going to make them want to play those games. You know, I don't know. I, I I think you're totally right that that could be the case. That maybe those people just aren't predisposed to to uh, console gaming. And I've certainly seen this with my girlfriend because I've struggled to try and get her into gaming. She has she has all the access to all the same games I do. Um, she's tried loads of games out, and for some reason, nothing just nothing sticks. And it's fine. It, ju- it just means she's not into not into the hobby. And I think like you're right. Just simply improving access isn't going to create two billion gamers, core gamers overnight. You know, it isn't. But the problem is, you can't 
Google lurking in the background. You can't have that complacency about it. You just it'd be irresponsible as the the person running Xbox to presume that that is the case that google will just fail and that's that's why they're investing so much in this technology in this platform but the thing the thing from the problem for me is that microsoft as an entity has neglected and become complacent about some of their products which could have benefited their other products so like you've got microsoft microsoft purchased mixer right because yeah. they decided the Mix is less about competing with Twitch, and it's more about having a sort of complete gaming ecosystem because you're going to have Google with the streaming platform in YouTube Gaming, and you're going to have you're going to have their their project stream or whatever they're going to. And call also, it. don't forget that it's good for the MAUs. And it's good for them MAUs, yes. And also, you've got like you've got Amazon on Twitch, and you know, you know, Amazon's working on cloud streaming too. They've got the server infrastructure to do it. They've been poaching staff from Xbox for years. Yeah, they have. <laughs> Amazon is 100% working on the same thing. They're going to have game streaming too. So, with that in mind, um, you, have to, you have to notice that Microsoft's ecosystem business is weak. You know, Mix is not as popular as YouTube or Twitch. And, you know, you've got, you've got Discord too. I mean, I've read, all this stuff's in my article, but you've got like Discord is an independent company, which is like the friends list of gamers internet now. So like if, if Amazon or Google snaps up Discord, that's going to put a huge dent in Microsoft too because, you know, Xbox Live messaging and, and party chat just isn't that great and isn't that convenient. And, and Microsoft have let Skype become terrible over the years and you know it's not and also they let their mobile platform completely collapse so like it's it's a lot of these factors that make me think like if microsoft had been more cohesive from the outset about planning for this cloud-based future then we wouldn't be in a situation where it's it's such a big risk but i really do feel like google's potential involvement here is a risk, and I don't think Microsoft can be afford to just assume that it's right. going to flop. Like so, you're, so you're saying they have to be proactive and go after the audience to try to get there first before yeah. Google does. Because if Google if, if Google does succeed, well, maybe they're bigger than Microsoft here. Maybe maybe Xbox becomes irrelevant, and Google, you know, what I mean? like yeah. I mean, of course, it's a worry, and I, I also kind of wonder, like, with Xbox's goal of reaching two billion gamers and everything kind of being made to go towards that. I also worry about a little bit about like not necessarily the immediate future, but like what if in ten years the the next Xbox is worse off than the current one? Like with Phil being at the head of the table, you know, and there like now there's expectations about the company and what they're doing. Like what if they don't meet any of their expectations? What if they realize fifteen years from now they're like, Yeah, uh there's no need for Xbox because it didn't pull its own weight. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Xbox, like they, maybe they hit it out of the park and they get there first and everything's great. I don't know. But I, but I, I do think like there is some sort of disruption coming. Like Google's not going to play around. They're getting in, they're spending the money. Like they're serious about it. It's, you know, the other companies should worry about it. Sony should be worried about 
them siphoning away casuals who buy their third party games. Like, you know, Sony's doubling down on their first party exclusives to be the re- like, hey, you want a PlayStation? You want to play these games? You better get here. You know, you better play here. Like, you know, so I don't know. The war is coming, right? And then there's Amazon, like you said, uh, looming too. So, but um, yeah, um, that was a good talk. Good discussion, Jez. We got to understand why you truly hate Google like they're a real person. So um, I, hate, I hate Google because they blocked the YouTube app on Windows Phone. Yeah. Um, but uh, hit us up with some questions before we get out of here. Um, I just want to really quick thank everybody for hanging out with us. We had like 380 people. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you uh, show us some love and give us a like or dislike if you don't like uh you know jez's uh, irrational hate of google or my dislike of nintendo uh you know share it out on twitter all that good stuff but uh yeah hit us up with some questions and uh you know we'll answer them let's go oh yes uh so chief Nagle the eighth says harry potter leak rpg leak. <laughs> i actually wanted what? to um talk about that but i totally forgot and we're getting close to two hours but jez uh, you obviously have something to talk uh, to say about it, which I, so do I. So, what do you think? Well, first of all, um, there was like some confusion about who was developing it. Some people were thinking that Rocksteady was developing, but it's Avalanche Software, yeah. right? Not to be confused with Avalanche Studios, who make Mad Max and Just Cause. Yeah, this is Avalanche Software who made Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity, Cars Three, Driven to Win. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so. Given their pedigree, I wouldn't have been that interested in it, but it actually, from the leaked stuff, it actually looked like pretty good. I quite like Harry Potter, personally. Me too. Me too. I like the movies. I didn't read the books because I don't read because I'm ignorant. But um, I like the, I feel like the universe has all this lore potential that's untapped right now. Um, and I think, like, a game, an official... Because it was, like, officially licensed game with, like, you know, the Wizarding World branding and all that sort of stuff. I think, like, an officially licensed game that is set and is can, canon with the lore, I think that could be amazing. So, like, I'm personally all for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it look. I thought the leak stuff looked really cool. Uh, I, I've actually played a ton of the Harry Potter games, like even the Connect games and stuff, and most of them are pretty bad. Um, the, the the studio that is making it does kind of not fill me with the biggest confidence, as they doesn't really seem like they make great games. But just that snippet of what they're showing there seemed like it would be really cool. Um, so, well, I think I think they said 2020, or at least people in the know said 2020, and it's a next-gen title of some kind. Um, so yeah, um, Warner brothers, obviously they have the license. So, uh, yeah, uh, looks who's, pretty cool. Who's the best, who's your favorite character in Harry Potter? Honestly, Harry Potter. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, he's the main character you get to, you know, you, you go through the, all the books with him, you know what he's thinking? Like, I don't know. Like if you ask me like the wheel of time where wheel of time, is literally a bunch of different characters' perspectives, or Game of Thrones for that matter, where you're in the head of, you know, Tyrion and Tywin and, uh, you know, all the different characters. It's it's harder to pick. But like Harry Potter, like the, the books are about Harry Potter. You don't really know much about any of the other side characters. But 
That, that's the thing. Like, I've only seen the movies. So, like, for me, my perspective on it is slightly different. Well, see, I read the books first, so I was kind of predisposed to Perry. But, all right. So, my, girl, my girlfriend is a massive Harry Potter fan. Mr. Mr. Righteous Fist says, how are you liking Hollow Knight? Uh, I decided to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey first, but Hollow Knight is the next game I'm going to uh, get to. So expect a video, I don't know, like sometime next week, maybe the week after. And then after Hollow Knight, I plan on playing Astrobot Rescue Rescue Mission on PSVR. So that's kind of like what I plan on playing uh, in the meantime. Um, Tell me me about Hollow Knight briefly because I've got a key for it, but I haven't. So Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania game. It's uh, currently a 90 on Metacritic. And I'm um, downloading it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's, it's is the magic word, baby. Yeah, I, it, it's like some a lot of people have said it's the best. It's the best Metroidvania game, even better than like Metroid and Castlevania. Um, okay. There's a lot of really high praise for it. It's a long game uh, playthrough. Just beating it takes 25 to 30 hours. Um, but apparently the art's incredible. I haven't really played much of it. I just know a lot of people think it's a masterpiece. So I'll be playing that soon. Um, Warebox wants to know if we've heard anything about Microsoft buying Playdead, who made Limbo and Inside. Ooh. I mean... That'd be weird. It, I think that would be a good purchase, because they make great I, games, but... I often think, like... I mean, the whole idea of an episodic game has kind of become... Well, they don't make episodic games. Yeah, I know. But the whole idea of an episodic game has become controversial with the with the Telltale closing. However, can you imagine... A Game Pass game that was like Limbo and Inside that was episodic, and like they released like new levels all the time, and the game just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool, but I don't know with the, with the failure of Telltale Games, and I don't know if you've seen it, but some people are really concerned with Life is Strange too, because apparently uh, the concurrent users are Steam are like way less than. Like life is strange before the storm. I I don't know. Maybe it's possible that the episodic stuff wasn't as doesn't sell as well as it used to, oh. or people are over that type of thing. I mean, look at Hitman. Like Hitman was very episodic, but a lot of people said, you know what? I don't want one episode of Hitman and then check back two months later. I want all of Hitman, and a lot of people didn't play it so much so that Square Enix like were basically dumped the carcass of IO out the door. They didn't want them anymore. And sure, they signed a marketing deal or a publishing deal with Warner Brothers. But I have this like huge fear that Hitman 2 is going to fail because it's coming out after Red Dead, which is going to suck up all everybody's money and time. And it comes out right around Battlefield 5 and uh, Fallout 76. And they're going to be like, but we made the game full and it doesn't matter. Like you kind of doing the episodic thing. I don't know if it works, man. I think it w- I think it worked when it was a novel concept mm. in the beginning. I just I think people are over that. I think people just want like the entirety of the game right away, you know? Yeah. But um, that's the thing though, like these episodic games could add value to Game Pass. No, of course they could. I mean, maybe they will like 4 years from now when Game Pass is more viable. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Um Game Pass would be cool for that stuff. So, what else we got here? Um uh, uh, let's see here. Splinter Cell at XO says Z Black Rider. Oh, wouldn't that, that, wouldn't, wouldn't, that would, wouldn't that would make you happy, right? Yeah, I mean, it would. I would. It would be a huge win. I'd be like XO eighteen is the best event of all time. 
Uh, and Ubisoft has mentioned Splinter Cell recently, and they said like it's not a matter of like wanting to; it's a ma- it's a matter of resources and manpower because other studios are on other things and they may not have. Um, I had heard the, the fact the fact that they put a there's an Easter egg for Splinter yes. Cell in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it, honestly, it's not it's not much of an Easter egg. It's right there in your face. It's kind of like. By the way, Splinter Cell, look here. There, Splinter Cell things here, right here. Right. So it, it, it wasn't an Easter egg. It was, I've a, this, it was a tease. I've said this before, years ago. I know somebody who's actually played Splinter Cell, right? The new Splinter Cell. But this was years <gasps> ago, right? Dun, dun, dun. So the thing, and people don't believe me, but I don't lie about this stuff. So I know somebody who's played the new Splinter Cell. But the thing is... I think that version of that game got canceled. No. Yeah. So I think they canceled whatever, or maybe they just stopped working on it and then we'll continue, you know, bring it back later. But I think they just did other things. So like every, see, here are the things like sometimes I hear things from people. Some things people tell me stuff, you know, like for instance, about this last E3, like I knew cyberpunk was going to be a Microsoft show and I knew it was closing the show. Like, I knew it for 100% fact months before anybody was saying anything about Cyberpunk. I, I knew it. I knew uh, some of the other third-party games there, right? Um, so sometimes people tell me things, and I know these things, and it's, like, not much a surprise when it actually happens, you know, and joke around about it in prediction videos and shit, right? Um, so every year I looked forward to... a you. Splinter Cell from Ubisoft because I know somebody who's literally played the game and every year I get disappointed and the only like explanation I have is like the game got cancelled or put on hiatus for a while. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Um, I think I think they discovered that you are a Splinter Cell fan and cancelled it despite you because you said nasty things about them on a podcast. Yeah. But anyways, um, Let's see what other questions we got here. We got one from JD Gamer. He says, "What studio out of these would you most want to see Microsoft buy? Moon Studios, Studio MDHR, Playdead, Armature, Level Five, Miss Walker, Sega, Annapurna Interactive. Well, Annapurna Interactive is a publisher, so we kind of get rid of that because they don't really make games. But out of those, if I had to pick one out of those, I'd pick." <laughs> this is a tough choice. It comes down to Moon Studios and Play Dead. Because Play Dead has made two of my favorite games, Inside and Limbo. They make incredible experiences. Moon Studios also made Ori, and they're making the next Ori. And they know what they're doing. Uh, the other ones, I don't really care. Armature, like, they made Recall. The only there. logical choice here is Sega. Sega? They haven't made anything good in years. They've got so much juicy IP that they could make good. Yeah, but the, the thing about but if you buy, oh, I mean, I get. Would you buy the publisher and all the developers to develop all the games, or then you need to find the developers to make the games? I don't know. Screw it, man. Just put just put all Microsoft Studios on a next gen Sonic and make it great again. Yeah, make Sonic great again. Make Sonic great again. Um, Michael Monkey Punch wants to know, Ryan, what do you think Microsoft is going to announce at XO? In your opinion, well. Me and Jazz will definitely have a predictions show about that. And I'll probably even make a video about that. I think you're going to see a new studio acquisition. I think you're going to see the reveal of Crackdown 3 multiplayer. And I think they're going to announce Fable. 
You think they're going to announce Fable? Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually announced the next Xbox. I know, like, I'm kind of hyping this up, but I see no reason to actually bring back XO if you're not going to actually do it properly. Might as well not even bother doing it. I agree. I think, like, there's, there's, there's at the very least going to be some kind of shadowy tease or something like that. Yeah. I also think Age of Empires information, personally. Um, nope. I know a lot of people don't really care that much about that, but I, yeah, I love Age of Empires and I want to see that come back to life. Um, yeah, I think, and I don't know, I mean, do you think it's going to be as big and grand as E3? It's, I mean, be it's, a, it's a two hour show, and I swear, like, my right. so I don't have any expectations for for inside Xbox. I think it's going to be you know like the show's the show, but I don't know. I actually literally have expectations for this. Um, it's two hours long. I'm not sure it'll be like E3, but I expect there to be just like nonstop, maybe not nonstop, but new announcements, new information. I mean, they talked about it when Phil announced it, like. You're going to have news to share. You know, third party is going to be there and first party is going to be leading the charge. Like, that's a direct quote from Phil. You know, like, so, yeah. Like, well, obviously, I'll sit down and think about it more in the future. But I'm expecting, I'm expecting good stuff from it. Mm. You know? I don't know. But that's that's just me. Um, see, any other questions here that I can see? Um JD Gamer wants to know, wouldn't it be great if Microsoft brought back some old RPG classics like Granada, Lunar, Shining Force, Fantasy Star, Pandra Dragoon Saga, Remaster, These, and Remake? Uh, I've played none of those. So, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I played Pandra Dragoon, which is cool, but I think they kind of did a a pseudo-spiritual remake in that with Crimson Dragon. Uh, but yeah, those don't really, I, I read those and they're just words on the screen. I have no idea what any fantasy star. Sure. I know what that is, but I didn't play it. Yeah. I haven't played any of those either, except Grandia briefly. And that, that yeah. game was too Grandia for me. Um, yeah, on that note, I do miss classic JRPGs, like the turn-based stuff. I mean, I don't know why there is not a market for that now. It just seems weird to me. Well, I mean, Octopath Traveler just came out and sold incredibly well. And that's kind of like one of those old school RPGs, turn-based things. Yeah, but it's on Switch. And it's on Switch. But nobody buys games on Switch. That's what you always said until every game gets it's, bought on it's, But it's like, it's like you have to buy it because Switch has no games. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It's an, it's an anomaly. All right. <laughs> And with that, we are going to end the show. Thank you guys for all your questions. We appreciate it. And uh, Jez, before we get out of here, any uh, any any uh, things going on at Windows Central? Any articles people should be on the lookout for? Well, if you're interested in the whole streaming thing, and you know, I wrote an article about that, which is up on Windows Central now. You can check out my thoughts on why I think Microsoft can't afford to be complacent with Google. Um, other than that. Uh, we are possibly working on a big game preview. Uh, one. Um, Jeez, I wonder what game's coming out soon. Huh. Yeah. It's not Red Dead. No. Um, sadly. But uh, it's a pretty cool game. Um, I don't know. There's there's nothing major happening right now. It's mostly just Christmas stuff. You know, helping people figure out how to spend their money. That's right. 
Um, as for me, I'll be dropping videos as normal on the channel whenever I kind of feel like I have something to say or some news pops up. So if you want to always be notified, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. But if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a thumbs up and share it out on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for watching live and thank you guys for, you know, listening to this later. If you're on Google or iTunes, sorry about the delay in the last two episodes. Hopefully this episode will be op- much sooner than those. So uh, thanks guys. And we'll see you next week. Later. Bye.